ladies and gentlemen, we have waited all summer into the fall. And now as we approach winter, it is finally time for the 110th Grey Cup game to be contested. Uh, two teams will face off in Hamilton this Sunday. Uh, and we will finally get our 2023 CFL Grey Cup champion. This week on the pod, it is myself, Matt, Tyler. Guys, say hello. Hello. We'll be talking a little bit review of the division finals. We'll be predding our CFL awards picks. Uh, and we will be, of course, breaking down the 2023 Grey Cup. Uh, first and foremost, guys, how we doing so far? As they say, so far, so good. Cut. I'm glad I'm to have right. Tyler back. I'm all right. I'm good. He's mad because he jumped ship yet again and was shown up by his first love. So he's coming on here all pissy. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler, I think, is wary <laughs> of being taken to task. Which is a great starting point. Let's just kick right into it and talk East Final. The East Final, which was a true David versus Goliath event. The 16-2 and Toronto Argonauts uh, versus the streaking, but, you know, not spectacular Montreal Alouettes. And the Owls beat their buns 38 to 17 they turned over the argos seven times including turn that's including turnovers on downs they had two pick sixes they had a kick return for a touchdown they just dominated at one point chad kelly threw an interception on three straight possessions it was shocking in many ways and tyler what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> I'm I was stunned like everybody else. I don't. I, there's not much. To, this is gonna be, not I'm, only this is gonna did become you... the Tyler. It's gonna become the Tyler Fajardo segment, which is fine. I don't care. Cody Fajardo didn't well, play. Well, you brought it upon yourself. <laughs> you don't care. Don't act like you don't. Don't act like Cody Fajardo played throw for 175 yards and a touchdown and an interception. I'm not hearing this noise that he led them to the Grey Cup. Their defense led them to the Grey Cup. Come on. Is he the team leader, and are they in the oh, Grey Cup? No, is he the team leader? I don't think he is. Somebody on that defense yes. oh should be the God. team leader. Because oh, the defense... my goodness. You didn't even watch the game, it's clear, or at least didn't watch the post-game interviews. They love him. They love why him in Montreal. You, why are you so Cody against Fajardo the is Trent, idea? Is, 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 the, is Trent Dilfer on the, two, on the 2000 in Ravens. Okay. With, okay. With, 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 Ray, with Ray Lewis flying around. And they just he just gotta go out there and, and, and just not and just not mess it up. Who'd you so. say is the Tony Siragusa of this team? Great, <laughs> great shouts. Ugak from a TCU. Great okay, great shouts on the Tony Siragusa. Gosh, that's um, a, that, I haven't heard that name in a in a since I was R. I. R. I. P. should yeah. be said. Well, probably because, Oh really? Yeah. R. I. P. A while ago. Yeah. Oh, he man. was uh, overweight. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right. Now, Tyler, I just want I mean, it to be said once and for all that you acknowledge that it is fair for us to call you 
on your I don't like Cody Benedict Arnold like betrayal. Go ahead. We know you don't like Cardi for Cody Fajardo. It's you did like Love Cardi B Fajardi. Cody Fajardo. You stated many a time that Cody Fajardo is your male hall pass in your marriage. And now you've turned your back on him. I mean, you were in. You were fully in. I think. I think. Uh, I think the love affair really ended when he just couldn't get the ball over the over the goal line in in 2019 against Winnipeg at home. Just could not figure out how to get it in. I think. I think that was the. I think that. I think they, the writing was on the wall then. Then COVID isn't happened. that a, isn't that a great subplot? Cody twice failed in the Eastern final against Winnipeg and now he's going to get a chance or the Western final and now he's going to get a chance to go at him in the uh, in the Grey Cup and get smashed maybe I mean fuck didn't you expect the Tor- the Argos to <laughs> smash him I certainly did I I did I, I mean let's can we talk about the Argos for a minute or is absolutely that, I mean to me this is a more of a story of the Argos shortcomings than you know Montreal. I mean, you said obliterated. Yeah, the defense obliterated them. This wasn't like. Well, a, what the fuck do you want to say? It's a twenty-one point win. That's an obliteration. Yeah, no and twenty-one which way of those points. Came, twenty-one of those points came on defense and special teams. I mean, we have to talk about the. Fa- we have to talk about the failings of the Toronto offense. I mean, it was. Yeah, the it's all okay. Time, I want to. I want to go back to what cho- you just it was said. Ch- it was an all-time. Ch- Sixteen and two for that is an all-time choke job. I mean, I completely agree. But to be fair, what you just said of. 21 of those points came from defense what and special the, teams. What was the Argos record so the at the Toronto, the, 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 just... the Montreal offense played Toronto's offense straight up. So that still you would have expected there to at least been some difference there. But this was, this was obviously Montreal's, I would say, you know, Montreal's best performance of the year and Toronto's worst. So, you know, couldn't have come at a worse time uh, for the Argos. Uh, but, you know... Pretty pretty spectacular performance from Montreal. We'll we'll say the the Alouettes did play well on the road this season. They had the they had second same road record as Winnipeg this season. Um, impressive. Argos were nine and zero at home until that yeah. game. Yeah. Um, also, it just yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where it's just like you know you play that game twenty times and you know Toronto wins it. 17, 18 times, and but this was not one of those times where it was going to happen. Um, so, how do we feel looking back now? You know, yeah, how I do we think, look at how do we look at Toronto's season? Well, yeah, well a, not even a, their season. I want to start with you know more particularly this game and the build up to this game is was there? I mean, is there a lesson to be learned about? actually playing meaningful meaningful games in the two months leading up to the playoffs. Yeah, and we and I and I we talked about this in the chat group about I was taking a I was taking a dump one morning and I was just interesting. Just, just sitting there and I was just looking at the I, I don't remember I was, I was looking at a, a TSN or something like that. And I just kept I was just like scrolling through games, box scores and things like that trying to look at stuff and I just realized like there've been there were just so many weeks the last two months of the season for not just Toronto, sometimes for other teams, we're just sort of like didn't really matter that much there was oh, no like yeah. there was no there was games where there was just not not a lot of consequence and toronto obviously had had many of those games because of how early they clinched their playoff spot and how early they clinched the the their one seed in the east so yeah. I, I really do think that they just lost their edge 
I don't know. Sometimes I think the CFL season is too long, um, the regular season. Um, and yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. If it's just uh, kind of. I, I mean, they, they were. They definitely... I mean, they were four and one in their last five, but those, you know, they they lost to Winnipeg in week uh, seventeen, and then they went Edmonton, Ottawa, uh, Sketch. Ottawa, so they weren't. Yeah, they weren't really tested. And the in defense those last played. Games. The defense played well in, in those games. I mean, they didn't really like, except for Winnipeg, who scored thirty-one on them. It really wasn't like a defensive just meltdown. Um, yeah, and I mean, and to be and, fair, in this one, not that it's the hardest thing, but they did sack Fajardo seven times. And they had a. I mean, really, like, to Tyler's credit, he's right. I mean, it was this was the two pick sixes, just Brack well, and, and, and all back, the other turnovers. And the down, this and was the, the, and the downs, just just all even with this. The, even this with the turnovers. This was the Chad Kelly game. Dude. No, I mean this was a Chad Kelly bed crap, like I said. But when you look at net offense, three eighty one to one ninety seven, uh, team losses, forty seven yards. Yeah, lost for Montreal, zero uh, for Toronto. So this is obviously, I mean, I, I really think that if Montreal doesn't score those two pick sixes, yeah, uh, Toronto, Tor- Toronto wins. Just changes the timber of the game. They're not oh, playing down. Um, and I really do think, though, there was a weird moment. I don't know if you guys caught this, where the when Chad Kelly his first pick six when he gave up the pursuit of Dequai. Have you seen this? Did you see this? Did you watch? I like watched he, it. I think he could have caught him. Wow. Or at least he gave up when You're calling he was, him a quitter. I don't know, but I like the first off the bat, like as the game starts, the first thing that he that happens to him is he has a chance to overcome or at least, you know, uh, over, overcome a failure, even if he doesn't catch him, right? Pursuing him to the to the line is a huge mental thing, and he shrunk, and then we know how the rest of the game went. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was the ultimate, because, I mean, the assumption off of that initial Toronto drive is that, oh, they're just going in to score right here. And then, yeah, right. Dequal, I mean, completely changes the game uh, with that pick six, obviously. Um I don't know. I don't want to call anybody a quitter, but I think that was a, certainly a punch in the face that Toronto was not uh, prepared to recover from. That changed everything. Because, I mean, they were walking the ball down the field. And they just should have run the damn ball, but they decided to, you know, pass <laughs> it. And, you know, you know what they say. When you pass the ball, two out of the three things that can happen are bad. So, I've heard it on said. The Keep it on the ground. All right. Uh, with that, do we have any final thoughts on the Argos? I mean, we can we also talk about the receiving core real quick and how please do it's the shortcomings there. I mean, just an a, a group of this season that was, I mean, I think they well, I mean, outperformed complete expectations from the beginning of the season, and then just kind of turned into a pumpkin. Um, I didn't ex- I didn't expect AJ Ouellette to be the second leading receiver on the Toronto Argonauts in a playoff game. Um, with 37 yards. 
that's not that's not the recipe for them. So yeah, especially when Kelly's throwing the ball thirty six times. Yeah, that is <laughs> that's not great. It means it's a lot of a lot of check a lot of checking down. Um, I'm looking at the the averages for a lot of the receivers: eight point five, eight point eight, seven point four. It's just not it's not getting it done. Um, what does Toronto? I guess we can ask. What does Toronto need to do? To, do they do anything in the off season? Do they no, just try I mean, to try to run, run it, it, run it back, run it back, crew? and yeah. just try and stay, just try and stay a little bit fresher. I feel like that's a fair problem to have. You know, uh, obviously it's a crushing defeat, but in you know a horrible way because now yeah the season is is moot in terms of oh it's just one of the greatest teams of all time right they that was lame wins. that was the discussion was so lame they, they, they could have been though i mean 16 and 2 you go repeat a gray cup yeah i think you are in the conversation for greatest you know cfl season of all time and now you know, they undefeated and now it's home. now we don't have to do that so yeah, how now, nice is that now it doesn't matter so they saved us a lot of time <laughs> um but yeah i mean i think having uh kelly locked in as your guys good thing um you know i think that gives you a lot of confidence going into next year um but yeah it's just about keeping you know manning the gates because there's there's certainly a target on toronto uh next year not that there wasn't one all this year but it's only going to grow over the off season everybody's trying to get better to beat them uh in the east yeah, I think so. And I think just uh how old is Chad Kelly? He's young. I mean I think he's thirty. I he owned and, and to be fair to Chad Kelly, he owned it immediately after the game. It was May Chad Kelly's twenty nine. He 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 it's, so he's in his prime. I mean he, he he owned the loss after the game. I like that he didn't shirk yeah. anything. He just basically said that's that that entire thing is on me. And and to be honest, it, it kind of is a little bit just but just also give credit to the, the Montreal uh, defensive coaching staff because they they clearly had watched film and had reads on things because you don't you don't get two pick sixes and four seven turnovers having not at least come up with uh, something right you don't just go out there and just ball out and get seven turnovers you have a ga- a very well executed game plan so um, yeah I mean it's it's a defensive performance for the ages really. Seven turnovers. Just even saying it out loud is, is wild. Seven. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Matt. Yes. Tell us what happened in the other division final. I think we had a, a great game. Uh, and I think what happened was exactly what you and I talked about last week, John, where mm. uh, we knew that Brady Oliveira – in his now it really seems like it should be MOP season. Uh, we'll get to that later. Oh. Uh, came in uh, possibility just, for a very awkward award show. Just just showed up and ate uh, BC's lunch, and the other Vernon Adams came to play. <laughs> that, that's um, just we, we knew we knew one we knew one was going to happen we knew that brady Oliveira was going to show up and we thought that if vernon adams from the first round could show up bc lions had a real chance to pull this upset uh, especially with the injuries to um to the receiving core 
uh, which were mostly mitigated. You know, it's um, only uh, what, what am I blanking on? The, uh, shown uh, wasn't wasn't there. Everyone else uh, at least suited up. Um, so we knew that Winnipeg was going to come out and play. We knew that Brady Oliveira, in you know, 21 yards uh, or 21 carries, 109 yards, one touchdown. Uh, he also showed up a little bit on the receiving end. Uh, pretty good, you know, nothing crazy from Zach Caleros, but they really gave it to Brady, let him do his thing, uh, beat BC on the ground. And then on the other end of the field, you had nothing on the ground really happening from Mizell or Vernon Adams. Uh, you know, this is coming off of a game where Vernon had uh, three rushing touchdowns. And, you know, Vernon Adams B shows up 13 to 26, one TD, 13 interceptions. That that happens, you know, and it's yeah. at this point, unfortunately, it's a coin flip. It's not even it's not even like Russian roulette. Like it's a coin flip whether Vernon Adams A or B shows up. And, uh, and unfortunately, B showed up in the Western final. Yeah, that Hail Mary was sick, though, before half. Just want to shut that <laughs> up. But yes, I mean, bear with me here. But I think, you know, our listeners will appreciate the uh, if effect um, of Winnipeg's first possession went rush, Brady Oliveira, 15 yards. Second play, incompletion. Next play, Brady Oliveira, 10 yards. Brady Oliveira, 10 yards. Brady Oliveira, four <laughs> yards. Brady Oliveira, 11 yard reception. Brady Oliveira, five yards. Brady Oliveira, seven yards. He did get stopped for a zero yard gain and then had an eight yard touchdown. That first possession for Winnipeg, and Matt, you texted the GC after this, was such a tone setter. It was like, <laughs> yeah, this is the guy that you spent all week trying to stop. You knew we were going to go to him with the receiver injuries, and we just shoved it down your throat. I feel like that was a mood changer. That was just incredible. It was ballsy. Uh, it was aggressive, and I absolutely loved it from Winnipeg. It just says, yeah, this is the guy. Try and stop it. Here's, here's he the great thing. did his thing. It was sick. It was awesome. Here's the great thing about Winnipeg. For and now, I just have to just ap- appreciate them at this point because I, I just the the hating has the hating has to, to stop. I guess at a certain level because it's just You're wrong just, there. Just tip, <laughs> just tip the just tip the cap. Is that this team is they after they lost to Toronto last year? I thought uh, maybe it's sort of I'm not gonna they're gonna be bad, but maybe they're just gonna be like take a step back. You know. Maybe they're not going to be like as, as maybe they you know what they did they just found a different way to win games they said all right maybe we don't need to rely on Zach to, to win us everything maybe you know we can come up with a new a, a strategy here you know a new style of play and they totally went and reinvented themselves this season and they are a run first team and it works you know they have the best running back in the league you know he won the rushing title by 400 yards and he's just you just they're riding the hot hand. And the thing is, there's no reason for them to... After watching Montreal pick Chad Kelly off four times, there's no reason to to go that route. They can ride Brady Oliveira to the Grey Cup and win the Grey Cup with him as their, you know, focused player. Um, Zach Claros threw for 158 yards. He was barely... In, he threw 20 times. He was barely involved in the game. Kenny Lawler was sick. Kenny Lawler is sick. Um, like... That they only had five people catch a pass, and and one of those people only caught one. So they basically had four people catch a, a pass, and one of those people was Brady Oliveira. So 
It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Brendan O'Leary Orange had two catches for 13 yards. Brady, uh, uh, Brady Oliveira had two for 15. Dembski, three for 37. And Kenny Lawler, Kenny Lawler was the stand, other standout person with six for 83 and no touchdowns. Dembski coming in and having this performance questionable all week is pretty sick, I must say. <laughs> it was a, it was very much a 2019 Bombers uh, outing, right? It was Oliveira. Streveler would have fit right in. <laughs> it was Oliveira instead of Harris, uh, but it was a, a great receiving core that supported um, their quarterback, even though he, did, he didn't ball out, but... You know, 60%, that's perfect. We love it, 66%. No interceptions, that's exactly what we want, and we can just hammer it uh, on the ground. Yeah, if I told and, you and, if I... and good defense from from Winnipeg. Uh, of course. Their defense, had we had all said, regressed this year, but a, a great outing um, when it was most important. How, how is insane is it in the CFL that the two quarterbacks who won the semifinals threw for less than 200 yards? Very interesting. 158, 175. If I told you before the game, those are the those are the th- the passing totals for the two, the two quarterbacks of of Winnipeg and and. Uh, it's very interesting. In Montreal, you would you would have said automatic L. No way they, they no way they won the game. Yeah, and how about I mean, <laughs> you know I think you know we all have to not that we let's be honest nobody was saying anything that wasn't obvious but. It was wild that after about week uh, two, I'll be generous. It was like, oh, yeah, BC's lack of a running game is going to be an issue. Said it all season long. We were, we were, we were ahead of everybody. We knew. <laughs> and, and it was. Like, how early on were we all like, dude, they should get James Butler back at, like, any cost? <laughs> it was crazy. So I think, like, you know, if we're changing the conversation to, you know, what do you see for BC going forward – like the pieces are there, you know, uh, it's an exciting team. I feel absolutely gutted for Keon Hatcher. Um, yeah. Looks like that's an Achilles that is pro. I mean, uh, I, he's a free agent going into next season. I don't know how they play that. Alexander Hollins is a free agent. Um, Lucky Whitehead is a free agent. I would be I would be legitimately shocked if Lucky's a BC Lion next year. But I think they throw a good chunk of change at Hollins, and then you know TBD what happens with Hatcher. Considering you know I can't imagine he gets he you know he's healthy enough to play. I don't know unless he gets that Rogers treatment until you know the middle of the season next year. Um, but the pieces are there, uh, defensively, you know, they have an exciting line, keep those people intact. I believe Betts is a free agent. So, and as a Canadian, oh, I think Matthew Betts is going to get a bag thrown at him. He needs to get a bag thrown. He needs. Oh, dude. He's awesome. But (laughs) they should keep him and then they should just get a running back. And they should never play outside of BC place also. Well, lucky for them, the Grey Cups at BC Place next year. So they could, if they wanted to, uh, have a full playoff run in BC. Shout, shout out Josh Wood on the BC Lions, too, on the defense. The defense played well. I mean, he was flying around. I think he had like, yeah, they were They made, they were great. Th- they were a very solid team. He had like 14 or 15 tackles. He was like, they, in a game which they lost, he was also keeping them, helping keep he them. He had 12 in. tackles. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, 
also, and maybe the writing was on the wall, VA, you know, for all of, like, VA was awesome this year. He also did lead the league in interception thrown. Oh, well, he's a gambler. He's a gambler, and I don't know. Is it, was this his, this was, was this his best shot at it? Oh. Is he going to get a better shot at this? How old is VA now? Uh, I think he's oh, 31. Yeah, I, I think VA is, is in. I, I don't mean, think these guys, I, I think he'll, I, th- I absolutely think, I wouldn't say this is, bc's best shot i think that uh eventually the winnipeg <laughs> regression will happen eventually i mean uh, yeah but certainly doesn't they just keeps every time we think that that they trade away andrew harris and they get a better running back somehow right but in theory you know th- something happens <laughs> we'll see but you know i think I think VA and BC just stay the course. They are quite clearly on the right path. <laughs> and, you know, this this loss to, you know, a Winnipeg team who's going to their fourth straight Grey Cup, I don't think should be any sort of deterrent. I don't think, you know, there's there's no major overhauls to be made. It's just sharpening the path, you know, and, and getting better at the things they're already doing well. Uh, and gearing up for, you know... Uh, 2024 Grey Cup in BC, which will be fun. Uh, so, any any other final statements on the Western Final? Roll uh, on. Like we're okay. good. We are going to actually skip ahead to CFL award predictions, and then we'll circle <laughs> around to the Grey Cup. Um, CFL award preds. I've stated how I feel. I have my preds already made. Check my Twitter <laughs> on X, I should say. Um, but let's go uh, starting at the bottom. Coach of the year, O'Shea Dinwiddie. I feel like it's going to be Dinwiddie, right? I think it has to be. Okay. Tyler? Second. Okay. Matt, most outstanding rookie will be. I think just uh, the, the Toronto defense was so uh, strong this year, you know, even in yes. their dog days, it's like, I think it just has to be stiggers for, um, a, you know, kind of a team award. And we'll, we'll see that coming up um, that this was a, you know, Toronto gets a lot of, well, this is, this was previously with, with Winnipeg, but, Toronto gets yes. a lot of extra points in the in the voting for going sixteen and two. Correct. Facts. Stiggers. Yeah. Okay. Tyler. Well, so outstanding special teams player. Sorry for giving you kind of a dud. I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> Not a dud. This guy had a huge season. Sean White. Wrong. No it way, man. Sean White by a mile. You think it's going to be Sean White? Yes. Oh, no. Dude, I'm sorry, but you don't break Pinball Clemens' punt return record and not get rewarded with most outstanding special teams player. Sean White was 50 of 53. Like, he had a... a, As far as... Dude, I just... 50 of 53. Massive disagreement. Like, he he should... We love the CFL. He should go try to see if he can get an NFL contract with 50 of 53. That is very good. I didn't like. I knew he looked old. I didn't realize he was actually thirty-eight years old. 
Yeah. Yeah, he crushed Interesting. It. I just disagree with you wholeheartedly. And and he's their punter. I mean, like the, he's also had a great season punting too. The fifty of fifty three, though. I mean, that is that's insane. Yeah, but I mean, it's field goal kicking. Like Javon Leak had four punt return touchdowns. He had what? What equals 1, more? What equals more points, Matt? Uh, four touchdowns or fifty field goals? So let's see. Uh, four times carry the two. Okay, I think dude also the field had goals. two thousand. Re- he had two thousand <laughs> return yards. All right, let's play this okay, game. How many return? Like, how okay, many punt sorry. yards? One hundred and ninety-four points. You guys are crazy. Can be directly okay. attributed to Sean White. Okay. Okay. You guys are wrong, but whatever. <laughs> Do yourself a tomb. Uh, we'll keep rolling. I'll take this one to start. Uh, outstanding offensive lineman. Uh, the Who Gives a Shit Award. Who knows? What makes a good offensive lineman? They pancakes. Block. Pancakes. How many pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah. Like that was the only thing back in the day. You go on a mat and check the I think offensive I, I think I go with the Winnipeg. I, because Olivera It's going to be Hardrick. That's my yeah, pick. Yeah. Hardrick. Yeah. Wait. Olivera had a sick rushing season, Hardrick. That's I think that you have to go to sacks allowed and uh, look at their running back. You know what I always enjoy kind of is I always normalize like it for offensive, back quality. Offensive lineman is always the award that always gets the most eyebrow raises from like the real CFL insiders. They'll always <laughs> be like, they'll, the finalists will come out and they'll just be like, if you think. Uh, you know, Jack Handy from Montreal was shouldn't have been the East. You are crazy. And I just can't even imagine what the fuck they're looking at. How much tape you have to watch to see exactly who's the best offensive lineman. Thank you all for your commitment. Um, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Hardrick. Uh, so now we get interesting. MOC. I see this one very clearly. I see it clearly uh just due to the it would have been you know this was we're being ruined again by divisions <laughs> it should be Oliveira versus bets but because it's not matt the winner will be it's got to be Oliveira. correct i wanted it to be bets i'm really sad that bets was not listed as for the moc but it's brady Oliveira. Well, so, and this is, I think we discussed this on the pod, I mean, as much as a month ago when we started to kind of talk about awards coming, like, and this was sort of my predict, this is how I saw it playing out is that because Betts vaulted himself to, so moving on to the next award, I I think Betts will win Defensive Player of the Year. And because of that, it allows them to just slide in Oliveira for MOC, which then brings us to MOP. It's all connected. Tyler, who wins MOP? MOP is Chad Kelly. It's not right, but that is, if if there's odds on who will win it, that is who I would bet. It's wrong. And I do feel the tide has shifted, but almost after people put in their votes. Like in the last two weeks, people have been like, oh yeah, Brady Oliveira is definitely the MOP. 
but it doesn't really matter. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, I think um, MOC is a combined MOC-MOP. MODP is a combined MODP-MOC. There's kind of like, and then, yeah, then Chad Kelly gets his award. It's a way to make everyone happy except for the real heads who know that Brady Oliveira had a Hall of Fame season. If you, you know, if you were to look ahead and say he's getting inducted, this is the one you look back on as like, oh, I staked his claim as the best running back in the league. Do yes. you think there was collusion afoot <laughs> in making sure these rewards were equally distributed so everybody got something to take home? The the path was too easy to see. Once, like you said, once Betts showed himself, then there was, or yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just very. It fell directly into place. We had three great players: uh, Oliveira, Kelly, Betts. They all qualified for a different award, so it was very easy just to slot them in, um, as opposed to, you know, giving Oliveira MOP, and then where does that leave Chad Kelly? I do think Chad Kelly had an MOP type season uh, up until the the playoffs. Which you know, is but we don't count we don't count the playoffs for uh, CFL awards voting. So, but it's interesting because I mean I think Chad Kelly had an MOP type season if you're taking the what is becoming an ever increasingly popularized opinion on season end awards, which is the Heisman or the MVP in the NFL goes to the quarterback who had a really good season on the best team. But the CFL isn't always like that. I mean, Speedy B won. It is, you know, quarterback gets it more often than not. But Speedy B won an MOP uh, only, what was that? Is that four years ago now? 2019. Oh, (laughs) jeez. But so I feel like, I feel that's like I do, you know, is it a statistic award? Again, this conversation is very interesting, and I would love to know what voters actually feel. Um, Because if we're talking about who was the best winner, then, yeah, maybe Chad Kelly should have won it. But, like, who was the most truly outstanding player? It's Oliveira by a lot. Yes. But, damn it, it's going to be Kelly is my pick. Is my pick. Uh, guys, you ready to talk Grey Cup? Let's talk some Grey Cup. Okay. Set the stage. Please do. Winnipeg. 14-4 and in the regular season. 1-0 in the playoffs. Against the Montreal Alouettes. 11-7 and regular season. 2-0 and in the playoffs. Montreal on a confirmed heater. Location. Tim Hortons Field. Hamilton. Ontario, Canada. Halftime show, Green Day. What do they open up with, first question? What is their first song? What should it be, or what, what do I think it's going to be? I'd love to hear both. It should be Basket Case, right? That would be... I think it'll, I think I it'll be holiday. Go, I hope they go Dookie heavy, if I'm, if I'm wondering, what, hoping what album they would kind of stick to. Um, like earlier, well, that would of course be the preference. 
Um, I, I don't see that happening. I'll just... I, know, I know. I am with you on that. I'm I'm hoping uh maybe like a welcome to paradise would be like my my. I'm I'm worried that they're just gonna open with American Idiot. That does have yeah, a great that, like that's, opening that's line. That's that's that was my like LOL play American Idiot to. It, it, it's just a very clear opener though, right? I I don't see it. I, I just I'll don't go see for a great. I'll go with Welcome to Paradise just because that's what I want to hear. But basket case would if I'm putting my money down, basket case would be my pick. That's all I've got. Matt? Is this the best? Is this the best uh, get? holiday? Is this the best get for the Grey Cup halftime show in a while? Shania. A while, I mean, Shania is better than Green Day for sure. I'm definitely more of a Green Day fan than a Shania fan, but I fair enough. I think Shania, as far as a draw and a Canadian thing, is probably better. Yeah, yeah I mean, last year. When's, not... Car- when's Carly Rae gonna get her shot? She's done it before. That's right, she has. She did it with uh she did it in incre- she was part of an incredible Grey Cup. Her Bieber, <laughs> Gordon Lightfoot, and of course, let's not forget Marianas Trench. All teamed up for an incredible, incredible Grey Cup um halftime show. I know my dad still talks about that one to this day. Um <laughs> some of the some of, Lenny Kravitz, okay, that was interesting. Black Eyed Peas in 2005. What if, oh, what if Green Day honors Gordon Lightfoot and just plays, just plays the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? <laughs> that would, that is punk, TBH. That'd be hilarious. That is punk. Randy Ambrosi would lose his mind, but it would be the greatest thing ever done. I, I, I need to, I, this is kind of a fun game. Uh, what songs do you think that the Black Eyed Peas performed at the 2005 Grey Cup? My Humps. My Humps was on there. Dang, there's four songs. Get it don't started. Funk, don't get it funk started. with my correct. heart. Get it correct. Don't funk with my heart. Okay, one more voice. Oh! <laughs> okay. Where is the love? No. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a guess. Pump, pump uh, it. Oh, you guys, that was fire though. Three out of the, three out of the three out of the gate. Fantastic. Right, I don't know. Okay, before we get into the game, one last thing on the Grey Cup halftime show. I don't know if you guys are aware of this on CFL Twitter, CFL Reddit. The 1998 Grey Cup halftime show yes. is a mystery. Nobody knows who actually played. On Wikipedia, it says that the band playing was the Paraplegics, I believe. I'm seeing I'm seeing Love Inc. Oh, where is the Paraplegics? That 99. Okay, it's 99. My apologies. But it's not so, Paraplegics. It's like Paraplegics. Okay, yeah, so supposedly it wasn't them, though. They're like, they didn't play. So well, no one, and, no, no, no. It's that no one has any information about a band called the Paraplegics. <laughs> Unbelievable. It does, uh, there's nothing. If you search, like, the, 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 the whole, the whole nineties, the whole nineties, other than the Celine Dion 92, it's just like, what? I've said <laughs> it once before on the pod. It I'm was say a, it again, though. Dark time. Do, okay, next, okay. Next year, no, no, you got to, you got to, we got to okay. shout out the first Grey Cup halftime show in in 1990 was get ready for this. This is it. Is there were five different groups. Uh, there was the Esmeralda Colombian dance group, the Miata Seriba Fol- Serbian folk dance group, mm. 
the UN Institute of Taekwondo and the Hungarian Sardis Dance Group of Vancouver. Oh my God! It was a tough time. <laughs> it, was it was a tough hard, It was a tough time. time. It was a tough, it was a tough, tough time. Dark, dark days. I just want to say, next year in BC, I am calling for it, campaigning for it. It is time for a bare naked ladies reunion. Stephen Page back in uh, for a full halftime show. That's what the people want. It would bring the house down. Yeah, the worst one was the One Republic one. That was bad. Dude, Tyler, you would be wrong. You, not right. We, we saw rock. One Republic in concert. <laughs> they played at the, a stadium. At, B, at uh, BC Place. They played the uh, season kickoff last season. Dude, they were awesome. They, A, played like what? Seven songs? Five songs? That's five songs too many for me. Dude, it was great. You're hating. Also, I don't, I don't, I don't like them at all. No, Ryan Tedder has got to be worth an unbelievable amount of money because all his songs do is get solid radio play and then play in commercials for the rest of time. <laughs> the man is bankable. So, but that's what was, dude. They came. I will always be a one, uh, one Republic guy, just because they came and put their full hearts into that season kickoff show. That was pretty sick, must must say. Uh, let's talk football. Um, season series. Winnipeg, two dominant victories. Week four, they won 17-3 in Montreal. Week 12, they won 47-17 in Winnipeg. Uh, for the listeners out there, uh, a few key stats from their two matchups this season. Uh, on the Winnipeg side of the ball, Brady Oliveira combined for 239 rushing yards on 38 carries in two games versus Montreal. Uh, Zach Caleros, six, t- six touchdowns, but four interceptions. And also, Dalton Schoen had three of those touchdowns in his two games against the Owls. Status for the Grey Cup TBD. On the Montreal side, Cody Fajardo, not stellar in his two games against Winnipeg this year. No touchdowns, two interceptions, 59% completion percentage, sacked six times. Um, But a big thing in Montreal's favor is that Darnell Sankey was not playing in either game against Winnipeg. And so far in the playoffs, Sankey has been awesome. 14 tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, one forced fumble. That is a for sure difference maker in the middle of that Montreal defense. Um, Just throwing that out there. So, with that said, Matt, you are leading the predictions pool I am. by one. You go first. I think it has to be Winnipeg for me. For for me, uh, Montreal. Just <laughs> barring a meltdown, which yes. Montreal is poised to overcome. Uh, it's just Winnipeg's been playing really well. Brady Oliveira is, you know, in, in top form. Defense is better than they were. They've, they've improved over the season. Zach Caleros is a great team leader. He's a great person to have under center. Uh, he seems to know when it's not his game. And that doesn't even mean like he's Isn't not that playing so well. Sick. 
but he knows when, okay, this is the, the, what the team needs now is 150 yards and no interception so that Brady can just keep the ball moving, keep the clock running. We're going to win, you know, by the, by the time the clock runs out, we're going to be on top. Uh, or he's also had, you know, 300 plus yard games where he's slinging it. We know he can sling it. We know he can roll out um, and have some, some highlight throws. So, that said, I think Winnipeg takes this one. Wild note, what if at the beginning of last season, if we could look ahead and, you know, just all we knew was the matchup, can you, would you ever have believed we'd be talking about Brady Oliveira as the running back game changer and not Willie Stanback? Crazy no, his emergence. Be surprising. Yes. Be surprising. Crazy his emergence. Well, he was a thousand yard rusher last year. It's like, it's, but he was just kind of an afterthought. Um, but he's, 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 he's shown up. He's a buck. Well, yeah. I mean, last season, you know, Oliver really, again, we've talked about this. He had that rough beginning where everybody said Augustine is for sure the best running back on this team. Um, and then Oliver just emerged late last season and just, God, was unbelievable. Okay. So here's the scenario. What are we trying to do here? Uh, we are trying to win the predictions pool. And the only way to do that is to tie Matt and then win on <laughs> score tiebreaker. So, of course... You're you're in my seat last season. It worked out. I mean, it worked out. I shouldn't get the score right. I have to pick the Montreal Alouettes. Um, reasons to do so. First and foremost, what I just explained, win the Preds pool. Um... Besides that, A, it's fun. I think I'll be cheering for the Alouettes anyway. I so I'm so, cheering for Cody. Oh, dude, it would be I seeing Cody Fajardo lift a gray cup, but specifically this gray cup. All the storylines, we haven't talked about this yet, but so beginning of the 2019 season, Zach Caleros goes down game one. Nasty hit by that no-good, dirty Simone Lawrence. Knocks him out. <laughs> Cody Fajardo takes over in Saskatchewan. Leads them to the Western Final where Tyler can fill us in what happened there. Um, so they have history together. you know. And then Fajardo gets booted, cast off from Saskatchewan. Moz gives him this other chance. I picked them to finish DFL this season. I had no faith. Uh, and they what they did was incredibly impressive just to keep their heads this season because there were so many times this season where it was like, oh, yeah, well, it's time to move on. Fajardo isn't the guy. But they just stayed the course, which I think is an awfully difficult thing to do. Um, and here they are. So I'd love to see it happen. Um, score prediction for this to happen it would have to be Montreal 25, uh, Winnipeg 23. Tyler. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. You're not. You're making that pride because you have to, not because you want to. Um, okay. True. <laughs> uh, I do actually want to. You want, but... I guess you want to, but yes. But at more. But if you were, if you and Matt were sitting at the same, the no. same points, I think you'd be, be maybe not pay, making that exact pick. Um, true. 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 
I will be going with Winnipeg. I think that the one thing that the Argos could do and just didn't couldn't stick to because of the because of the way the pick six is and the punt return um, or the kick return or whatever I forget which one it was um, happened. So they couldn't run the ball, but AJ ran fine. Ran like fourteen carries for seventy yards. Oliveira has a better a better line and is going to be able to at least match that, but at least in yards per carry. But they're gonna really they're gonna really test Montreal and suck them into the box and make them commit players mm-hmm. and then and then open it up for their for their receivers. I think this I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. I don't I don't think it's gonna be a wash. But I do think that in the second half, especially, you'll see you'll see Winnipeg pull away. So I'm gonna go with Winnipeg. Thirty-one, Montreal. Twenty. I think that's totally fair. And I actually think that's a good. I think that's a good game for Montreal. I think that I know it sound eleven points sounds like, but I do think it's going to be close. And then at the end, Winnipeg's able to 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 get a little bit of a cushion in the fourth quarter, um, and just kind of drain the clock. I think I do. You just reminded me of I think you should leave. I think that's a good game for Montreal. Lose by 11 in the Grey Cup in Hamilton? Anyway. I My score prediction, I guess I should jump on that. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking, you know what? Let's just say the history repeats itself. Oh. 24-13. I love that. Okay. <laughs> I would Seems now... like the kind of game that would, would happen. I would now like to go around and do our player to watch, but I'm putting rules on there. It cannot be either quarterback or Brady Oliveira. Because that would just simply be cheating. And I will kick it off, however. Uh, Player to watch in this game. um, For me... I already mentioned Darnell Sankey. That's kind of a cop-out. But on offense, I think the biggest big play threat that Montreal has is our guy Tyson Philpott. Mm. And I think that it would be an incredible, incredible time for the young Canadian uh, to pop out, have a big game, get deep. Um, You know, Austin Mack is obviously a great receiving target, um, but he's a bigger guy. He's not the speedster. So Philpot um, kind of making plays happen uh, would be would be an awfully exciting thing. So that's my player to watch, my dark horse, some might say. I'm gonna say that somebody that could make this game very very competitive is somebody we just mentioned, Willie Standback. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? A potential to totally flip this game on its head if the Montreal Alouettes can really focus on a solid running attack. Now, all of this is up to that Montreal front line. We, oui, we. Oui. I mean, this is the you know this is a group that just gave up seven sacks, uh, combined for the running backs, combined thirty-one yards. I'm not expecting a lot, but that would be the the one to watch. They can get something going on the ground. That opens up a lot of possibilities for the Alouettes. I love that. I love that. God, that would be awesome. Yeah. 
I'm going to go with the player who should be able to feast the most off of a eh, Montreal line, which is Jefferson Jeffcoat. Jackson Jeffcoat. I don't know why I said Jefferson. Jackson Jefferson Jeffcoat would be a or sick Jefferson Jackcoat. <laughs> Both awesome. These are all great options. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. This is the perfect time to bring this up. Uh, by the way, I was looking oh. up dirty I'm names. To, I'm not even get to finish. All right. <laughs> no, I can't let Jefferson Jackcoat go by. I was looking up dirty names to try to put into the uh, game notes to try and trick somebody into saying a dirty name. And one of the names was just Jim Jizz. That's not even a dirty <laughs> name. That's just, that's just, that's not, cre- I was just like, that's not a funny name. Anyway, Jefferson Jackcoat. Jim Jizz is, is a funny name. <laughs> it is a funny name, but it's not a, it's not bend over. <laughs> Tyler, continue. My yeah, now, now I, just, I can't stop thinking of Jim Jizz. <laughs> It's Doctor 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 It was like Doctor James Jizz to you. It was like it was like a hundred and thirty funny names. And so it's like, alright, bend over you. Just Jim like, what is that even talking about? But they're obviously right. That is a funny name. Yeah, but it's not clever. No, but it's funny, that's all that matters. Uh, I, well what was the list? Funny names or clever names? Yeah, I'll continue your point, Tyler. We'll circle back around. <laughs> Jackson Jeffcoat should with had two sacks in the against BC. I, I see him having can he could have he could have a big day. I think he could have you know another two sack game, maybe a couple tackles for loss. I think he could be could be a factor if we're looking for okay. The obvious answer is Brady Oliveira or or Nick Dembski or something like that. Maybe Dembski. Let's probably put Dembski up there. Dembski sometimes has these games where he's the best receiver on Winnipeg for a game. Um, but I'll go Jeff Coat because I think that's probably the one of Montreal's weaker areas is, is uh, pass protection. <laughs> these names are so fucking dumb. These are 163 of the dirtiest funny names. Some of them is just... Okay, there's Jim Jizz. <laughs> How about this one? Tits Palmer. <laughs> it's not a clever n- Anyway. But they don't uh, even fit it. Like, Fitz and Palmer are funny. Like, I understand how they would work separately, but... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will never get over funny names. They will always be good. <laughs> Tyler, what are your thoughts on the matter? <laughs> Palmer is a funny name. <laughs> the podcast like, devolved, has devolved. I, think, I think I like that better than Jim Jizz. I got do, tears in my do eyes. Do you have a favorite funny name, Tyler? I was trying to hold it together while Tyler was talking. <laughs> I'm crying. No, I think I, I like Jim Jizz. Always, Mike, Mike Hunt was always a good one. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> a classic. Uh, Wayne Kerr is probably oh <laughs> yes, just because that one will get anyone. Yeah, that would get you. Me. Throw that on a golf tee sheet, and someone is reading that off. <laughs> I have a question: Did they actually read Jim Jizz off? No, that I read it. 
okay. I, think, I don't. I don't think that would trick anyone. Uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> I feel like we give we're giving the people. Also, Peter's in on this. <laughs> I don't know why Peter. Uh, he's left. All right, Peter was in on the uh, Google Doc there for a second. Just saying hi to everyone. Is, is, okay. My oh, prediction. Gosh. My prediction next year for Peter is Peter comes on to the draft pod because because that's the only one he'll actually show up for, and then that's the last we see of Peter. Peter will be a will be a one pod, a one pod per season guy. He'll just come on, draft his team, and then that's it. Draft just and the then and then proceed to ab- and then proceed to never change. team possible. <laughs> and then proceed to never change his, his lineup anyway. So, but he'll come. He'll come for the draft because he won't want to feel left out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Reviewing score preds. Mine is twenty five twenty three, Montreal. Tyler thirty one to twenty, Winnipeg, and Matt twenty four thirteen, Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. All right. They're in the mind palace. Uh, guys, any final words before we let these fine people go enjoy a beautiful weekend of CFL football. Nope. I'll take that as football. Follow us on Twitter X Shups and Preds. Uh, Send us an email Shups and Preds at gmail.com. If you listen to this and you enjoyed it, send us your favorite funny name and we'll read them off on air. (laughs) No slurs uh, <laughs> and no hate. That is the rule. Just saying. Uh, anyway, enjoy the Grey Cup. Go out with